Please turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. What are we talking about? The high calling of God. This might be the last lesson, by the way, or the last subsection, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but in Philippians chapter 3, let me start there. The Apostle Paul writes, and he says in verses 13 and 14, he says, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call or the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we see from this that there is a, what I call a high life that God has called us to. Amen? And uh, what the Apostle Paul calls the high calling of God, it is a life that we are to aspire to. Now, I know not everybody can make it, okay? Not everybody's there. That's why I'm preaching. I'm not there. I know that might burst your bubble, but I'm not there either. You know, every time I minister, everything I minister to you, I minister to myself as well. We're all on a journey. Amen? There's no destinations, just journeys. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we know what the destination is. Uh, whether we get there or not, I think heaven's the place we're going to get there. Uh, why? Because we are in a fallen world. Because, you know, our bodies <laughs> don't always cooperate. Hello. And don't all look at me all saintly now. You all know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. But uh, there is a high life that we need to aspire to. Amen? And uh, <clears throat> we want to be doing better every day. And we're going to look at today, and it, it must include this, and that is walking in love. As I've said before, it's probably the last area we'll be covering, but it is an important, if not one of the most important areas uh, of our lives and uh, what, we've, what we've covered. So, walking in love. It is one of the qualities that shows us who God actually is. Uh, the first is, as you know, in 1 John 1, 5, where the Apostle John says that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. Okay, but the second is in 1 John uh, 4, 8 and verse 16. There are two verses dedicated to this. First in John 4, 8, it says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Notice he didn't say God has love. He said God is love. And then also in verse 16, the same thing. He says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. For God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. I told you we're not playing with all our ducks today. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I want you to notice again that he says here, he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. I want you to notice a close relationship there. Why? Because God is love. When you abide in love, you are abiding in God. And God is abiding in you. Isn't that interesting? I want you to think about that, that whenever we walk out of love, we're walking out of the presence of God. We're walking out of the protection of God. We're walking out of the blessing of God and into something else. Amen? And we're literally exposed. Now, <clears throat> see, this is the reason why I've just got here, 1 Corinthians 13, 8, the first part says, love never fails. Obviously, it'll never fail. Amen, because God is love. Now, remember, you need to have wisdom in how you walk this out, um, because <laughs> I know a lot of people that uh, don't really know how to do this. That's why you're here. That's right. So <laughs> I'm going to help you out with this. Uh, 
first of all, love is a key characteristic of God. It is a characteristic of God. As much as it is God, it is a characteristic of God that needs to be in our life. Amen? And why one of the most celebrated uh, verses of Scripture in the Bible is John 3.16. What does it say? For God so loved. You know, and it shows us God's love right there. And it also tells us something, which is, if God is love, and God so loved, and we're now His kids, you all know you're His kids, right? Then we should so love as well. Well, I don't know, brother. Where is the scripture? Okay, I'll give you one. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5. Let's turn there. Ephesians chapter 5. I don't really have a foundation scripture for this except this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Verses 1 and 2. Ephesians chapter 5. Beginning verse 1, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Ephesian church and he says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Did you hear that? For God so loves, so we need to imitate that. But how do we know he's talking about that? Verse 2. And walk in love. <laughs> okay? And it says, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. So, you know, th there it is. Right there in two verses. The way God so loved, we are to so love as well. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> and we need to imitate God. Not imitate our neighbors. Not imitate, you know, <clears throat> all the... Also don't... The other thing we need to be careful that we don't do is compare ourselves. Well, I'm not as bad as my dirty uncle so-and-so. Well, we're not comparing you to a dirty uncle. He needs to come up and get saved. All right? <laughs> God isn't going to... You know, God isn't going to look at you and say, well, compared to your dirty uncle, you did really well. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. It's not what he's going to say. He's going to look at you and say, you didn't imitate me. And how do we imitate him? It says, and walk in love, verse 2 again, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. That's how much love. That's the kind of love we're meant to walk in. Amen? Amen. Now, <clears throat> as to the kind of extraordinary love walk that would be considered to be a part of the high calling of God or the high life that we're talking about, we find it in what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to challenge you this morning. Somebody says, what's changed? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5. I want to begin reading in verses 43 and 44. Matthew chapter 5. This is a part of the Sermon on the Mount. For those of you who have done Bible college, you, you, you should have a, some sort of uh, insight into this. But, you know, as the Apostle Peter says, teach me again what I already know. We need to be reminded. Amen? Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said. Once again, this is the Sermon on the Mount. And one of the things that uh, I was started going in on this, and one of the things that we realized is that at the beginning... When you're actually reading the Sermon on the Mount and how it all led up to that, we find out that Jesus and his disciples are alone together for a little while before the crowds catch up to him. All right? And so he is literally talking to his disciples about a high life. He is talking to his disciples about things that aren't easy to do. Amen? 
And so I, I want you to understand that's where this is coming from because I don't want you all to go home and think, dear God, I'll never get there. Okay, this is a journey. Say journey. journey. It's a journey. Okay, all right. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I want you to notice, he says, he says you've heard it said that you love your neighbor, but you hate your enemy. Okay? And Jesus is saying, that's what you've heard. Verse 44, he says, but I say to you, and this is a high life. That's a low life. Okay? He says, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Oh, man. You know, one of those would have been enough. Can I get an amen? Can I get some sympathy? No. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Maybe this was a, a typo, you know. But no, in Luke chapter 6. You know, just when you want to walk away and think, well, that was one gospel. <laughs> no, two of them wrote it down. Luke chapter 6, let me read verses 27 and 28. Jesus says it, but I say to you who hear. Uh, can I add a word? But I say to you who want to hear. Because some people, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> okay, all right. He says, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. I'm going to talk about all of this, and I want to show you how this actually works. Because I have seen this misapplied, um, and can I just say this up front? You can't pray for God to bless somebody when Galatians 6-7 says, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So you can't, you know, and I've, I have heard people do this, and it's really bad teaching, where they'll say, oh God, you know, to somebody that's just being horrible, and is horrible. Okay, you know, there's a, there are times when people have, are having a bad day. Let me, let, me, let me say this. Okay, and when you're having a bad day, it's just like, you know what, don't listen to what they're saying. Don't take it to heart. Just let it slide off. Okay, because they're having a bad day. They're going to come and apologize to you anyway. All right? So I'm not talking about that person. I am talking about that person that just got vinegar running through their veins. And every word that comes out of their mouth isn't a good one. And they got you in their, tar you know, in their crosshairs. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, how do you pray? I have heard people say, oh, you know, I just prayed that the Lord would bless them and, and would, would do all sorts of wonderful things to them. You can't do that. You, you know, you can't take something and you can't, let me, let, me, let me put it another way, you can't change the laws of God. You can't get God to go against what he said. You have to be careful. So what do I pray then? If I, if I can't pray, oh God bless them and you know, make them multiply and all that stuff, because God cannot answer that prayer. Did you hear what I said? He can't answer that prayer. What can he answer? How do you pray for your enemies? God, open the eyes of their understanding. Let them see the error of their ways. Let them understand that they are sowing some really bad seeds and it's going to end up causing them all kinds of grief at the end. That's what you pray. That's how you pray for your enemies. Do you hear me? And you need to understand because <clears throat> if you don't pray according to God's word, God can't do anything. Amen? 
Okay, now that's just, uh, okay, just so you all don't freak out. Aren't I sweet? Now let's get back to the lesson. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, I just don't want you all to be sitting there squirming, all right? So, so I'm going to give you wisdom, I'm going to give you insight, and <clears throat> I want it to be something that strikes a chord with you. Okay, that the Holy Spirit can confirm His Word and say, yep, that's the way it's done. Sometimes I think God, you know, is up there going, will somebody get this right, please? <laughs> Amen. So, not that I've got it all right. Okay, okay, all right, okay. So, first of all, notice that Jesus didn't object to loving your neighbor. Because there was nothing wrong with it. However, he did object to what was added at the end. And that was hate your enemies. To which he says, but I say to you. He's saying, you know, despite what you've heard, I'm telling you something else. I need you to change your mind about this. All right? And this is the high life. You know, it's a very hard thing to love your enemies. It takes skill. It takes wisdom. It takes will to do this. Did you get all of that? All right. When he says love, what does he mean? The Greek word for love here is actually the word that describes not friendship love, but the God kind of love. It's called agape, okay? It's a kind of love that gives without expecting to receive. You know, we always, I, I don't know how many times I've seen people, they're, they're giving, their love is all conditional. I love you if you love me. Now, we can't live our life without anything in return. Amen. Okay? I get that. I'm not asking you to do that. I've seen people who try to do that, and it doesn't work out. Okay? <laughs> you just end up in a mess. No, listen. Generally, you love, they love. You reap what you sow. Hello. So if you sow love, you'll reap love. Can I get a little amen on that one? You know, if, for no other reason, do that, okay? Love because that's what you're sowing and that's what you'll reap. Okay, now, it's only while you're doing that and you're reaping that will you be able, be able to walk in this and be able to manage those that don't love you. You're not looking for that love to come back, and you never should look for that love to come back. Therefore, whatever love comes back, you should be great, uh, grateful, appreciative. It should make you happy. It, you shouldn't have the attitude of, well, you should have done that. Because oh, all I did, you should have done that, and you should have. Don't ever be that way. No, people walk away from you. And if I did something for you, I do it without expecting anything in return. If you give me something, I don't want it to be because you feel you owe me. But in the same way, I gave it to you because I just love you. I saw a need and I tried to meet that need and that was the end of it. Do you know why I don't look to you? Because I'm looking to God. My eyes are on God, not on you. So you can never disappoint me. But you can make me happy. But you can't disappoint me. I'm not going to be looking there going, now God, I helped out so-and-so, and I'm still waiting for the return. <laughs> Don't do stuff like that. Amen? You sow, and God will bring the harvest. Amen? And he may do it through. And see, the thing is that that person that you helped may not have what, what you are needing. 
Somebody else might, but what, what you have done is by loving them and helping them open the door for God to now uh, uh, come through some other person that has exactly what you need and get it to you. That's what you do. See, th- this is where we go wrong. Because instead of looking to God and therefore receiving what God has for us through the channel that He is going to bring it through, we are looking to the person we gave to and thinking, why haven't you given me anything back? And we miss what God's trying to do. Then we complain to God, what happened? Where's the loyalty? (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say. Come on, okay? That's why we don't look at people. Never look at people. Therefore, when you learn how to do that, can you see now how that can progress into a place where you are helping and loving your enemies? Because you're not looking for anything in return from them? Because your eyes are on God? Are you getting this? I'm, 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 I'm walking you through this, okay? I'm walking you through this. All right. So, this is the kind of love that we're talking about. We're talking about a love that the King James Version translates as charity. Because charity, you know, when you think about charity, what do you think of? Tech deduction. No. <laughs> no, when you think, don't, I'm sorry. All right, when you think of charity, all right, you think about giving without expecting anything in return. That's why it's charity. It's not lending, it's charity. Are you all with me? And so that's why when you read the, the, the King James Version, when you read about love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it actually uses the word charity. Because it was trying to express, we don't have all the right words, okay? It was trying to express a love that gives without expecting anything in return. Do you understand? Okay? All right. So, let me just read. This is the love that is defined in 1 Corinthians 13. I just mentioned that to you. In verses 4 through 8, as being patient and kind, not jealous, boastful, Proud, rude, demanding, irritable, or unforgiving. Did you get the last one? Why is that important? Because Mark 11, 25 and 26 talk about it right after Mark eleven twenty three and 24. That talk about mountain-moving faith. And therefore I say to you, whenever you pray... Believe that you receive. All of that stuff is followed by Mark 11, 11.25 and 11.26 that talks about forgiving. And basically Jesus says, you better forgive. <laughs> okay? All right. So, but love also bears all things. It believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. And that's why. Because it endures, believes, hopes, it never fails. So that's the kind of love that Jesus says we are to have. That when he says we are to love our enemies, that's what he's talking about. It's with that kind of love. Do you understand? Specifically those enemies whose, I've said here, whose actions and words manifest hatred. You know, those agnostic, unsaved relatives. You know, those opposing religious groups. <laughs> Former friends. You know what I'm trying to talk, you know what I'm trying to say, amen? All of that stuff, okay? <laughs> in, his, in his commentary, no way, do I want to go there yet? All right, l- let me just say this first. 
Since it is both unnatural and virtually impossible to love those who hate and despise us in this way, loving our enemies has nothing to do with feelings, but everything to do with our will. Did you get that? All right, so we're talking about a love. Now, the feelings will come, but the beginning is you need to will to do it. You need to say, I will love. Now, you don't have to say, I will feel. Did you get that? Because there will be things that you, <laughs> what you're feeling is something totally different. Okay, I'm not shaking a Coke can. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know what I'm trying to say. I mean, your natural instinct is to... But, you know, God is saying, love him. Love them. See, one of the things that we do and we don't realize is whoever we hate, whoever we despise, whoever we're angry with, we lock ourselves to them. And then the devil keeps us captive with that and ruins our day. Can I say something to you? They might not even be thinking about you, but you are spending all of your time thinking about them. So not only have they caused you grief, now they're continuing, continuing to cause you grief even when they're not there. Do you, do you understand why God says forgive? Do you, do you get the reason why? He's saying break the connection. Because when you forgive, you don't think about them anymore. And then you can live your day, you can live your life and have your day and be happy in it. Not go, have you, also, have you, you all know what I'm talking about. You know, after the event, as you're driving home or whatever, you think about all the things you should have said. Yes, God, I wish I said this, and I should have said that. And we know, how come she, and you, you go through the whole list. This is you driving. <laughs> this is them driving. <laughs> With elevator music. <laughs> Hello. I need to get a visual here. You know, God's looking at them, and you're going, settle down. You're going to have an accident. Okay, let go. That's why you let go. Because it causes you grief. And it allows the enemy who started something. You know the enemy did this, right? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers. Okay? Whatever started that thing is now fueling it. Are you all with me? And if, if it realizes that that's all it takes to get you doing this crazy stuff, they'll go find all kinds of people to do it to you. I mean, they'll be out of character to go out of their way to be mean to you. Because he knows, oh, he should, watch this, watch this. Just make him, look at him funny. Oh, yeah, there we go, got it. And the person goes, how come they look like that? Dude, settle down. It's like the person that says, and I, and I went in the store, and the, the baby in the pram, they were looking at me, they were judging me. Right. Y'all need counseling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but this is what I'm talking about. That's why God says walk in love. Love your enemies. You know, this is the one way that you can break away from their hold on you and not allow the devil to continue his work in you. Amen? All right. So, in his commentary, William McDonald writes, The fact that love is commanded shows that it is a matter of will and not primarily of emotions. It is not the same as natural affection because it is not natural to love those who hate and harm you. 
It is a supernatural grace. Oh, let's say that one again. It is a supernatural grace. You all know what grace is? It is the ability to do something that is beyond what you can do naturally. Did you get that? There are things that God will allow you. You know, sometimes you look back and think, oh, it must have been the grace of God. Because I don't know how I put up with that person or how I got through that situation or how I managed to do this. The grace of God, it just comes on you for that time. And you've got your present, the presence of mind. You've got everything you need to get it done. <laughs> Amen. And later on, you're kind of going, oh, my God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you had it when you need it. Amen. So he says here again, it is a supernatural grace that can be manifested only by those who have divine life. That is for you and me. This is not in the people that are dead in their spirit. Do you hear me? In the Old Testament, God began teaching his people to assist their enemies as the first step towards loving their enemies. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 21. This isn't a New Testament thing. This is all the way back because God has always been love and is love. Amen? And so we see here in Proverbs 25, 21, it says, If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. You go, yeah, I'll give him bread to eat. Where's the poison at? <laughs> this bread tastes funny. Yeah, you won't care in about five minutes. You know, okay? No, listen, man. <laughs> this is good bread, okay? <laughs> so don't spike the thing. All right? So they say, he's saying here, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. See, this is something really interesting, that if in the Old Testament they were asked to do this, how much more should we be doing this today when we've got the love of God poured into our hearts? That's Romans 5.5. 5. Amen? That we, have, we are born again, that we have a new spirit on the inside of us. We have God living on the inside of us and helping us. Hallelujah. All right. So that's what Jesus meant when he said in Matthew 5.44, Bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you. And the way that we carry this... Uh, was brought out in Exodus chapter 23. I should say carry this out. In verses 4 and 5. The way that we carry this out is brought out again in Exodus chapter 23 verses 4 and 5. If you come upon your enemy's ox or donkey that has strayed away, shoot it and have it for dinner. No. <laughs> you go, really? The Bible said that? No, no, no. Okay. I'm putting a leg. All right. Okay. It, it says, if you come upon your enemy's ox or donkey that has strayed away, take it back to its owner, unharmed. My donkey has a dent in it. Are you sure? <laughs> no, no, no. Take it, okay? <laughs> Verse 5, if you see the donkey of someone who hates you struggling beneath a heavy load, do not walk, uh, walk by. Instead, stop and offer to help. See, I, I need you to understand something. You need, to, you need to realize that you are sowing seeds. All the time, you are sowing seeds. And you need to decide what kind of seeds you are sowing. And regardless of how people treat you, 
You make sure that you do the right thing according to what God has said you should be doing. Not according to how you feel at the time. Amen. You know, I just, it saddens me that we, we've built a feeling religion. You know, I don't feel like forgiving them. I won't forgive them. I don't feel like God's here. He must not be here. I don't feel saved. Maybe I should go up and get saved again. <laughs> you know? it's, it's just a feeling religion. Who cares? Well, yeah, I should, but I don't. <laughs> the reason is that you are saved. There's no question about that. And you need to understand whether you feel it or not. God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You may forget about him, but he's never forgotten about you. You may give up on him. You might let him down. He will never give up on you. He will never let you down. You really need to understand this. Amen? Therefore, you need to understand that regardless of you know, how you feel, you need to know certain things to be true, and you need to will to do the things that God asks you to do, understanding and knowing in the back of your mind, in, in, you know, in the, the deepest recesses of your heart, that God is watching over you. God is looking after you. That God wants to bless you. And He needs you to cooperate with Him and leave the door open for Him to do so. The time he can bless you the most is when you've been hurt. The time he wants to bless you the most is when you've been hurt. What he does not want you to what he does not want you to do is go and compound the problem. Not only are you hurt now, now you are starting to get mad at somebody and you're cutting him off from coming in and helping you. Did you all get that? Okay. <laughs> I've said here to, to most, just rendering assistance to their enemies will take a great deal of time to develop and will need God's continual intervention along the way. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. Uh, understand something. God knows when you're struggling. God knows when you're struggling. I'm going to say it again. God knows when you're struggling. He knows that. Whatever He's asking you to do is so that He can get involved in the situation, and do what only he can do. The supernatural, the miraculous, the impossible. Did you hear me? So much of the time, you know, I, I feel this is where you need wisdom. You need to be careful that you're not walking against what God has asked you to do and then asking him, why aren't you doing something about this? Are you all with me? That's why I said you need to be careful how you live your life. You need to be careful that you are not cutting God off and then he's getting a black eye for something that you stopped him from getting involved in and doing and looking after on your behalf. Because you decided I'm going to be mad and I have a right to be mad. And, you know, can I say this? You might have the right to be mad, but you don't have the luxury to be mad. Amen. Yeah, you might have a right to be mad. Yeah, you know, and be careful, be careful, be careful. You're listening? Be careful that when you tell your people that really love you and they get really mad and they want to go over there and run out, run their dog down and they want to do stuff, you know, they want to take vengeance on your behalf because they love you. Be careful. 
that you're not justifying your anger. And you're not, you're not thinking to yourself, yeah, that's right, I should be angry. Because look, even they're angry. Even they reckon that stinks. Even <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Don't do that. That's not where you go for counsel. Thank God for friends like that. Thank God that those friends let you know that a wrong has been done to you. That this is not your imagination. And that as you forgive whoever it is, that you are doing something significant. Let me, let me say that again. <clears throat> Let's say I've been hurt by Zoe, because she never does. All right, so, <laughs> okay, so let's say Zoe comes and just tells me off. And I mean, she just, I'm like, wow, I had to look up some of those words in the dictionary. Okay, all right? Um, again, not her, okay, not her, all right? And, you know, I come home and, and, I, and I tell, you know, uh, Emily, oh my gosh, you know, she goes, what happened? Because I'm looking like somebody hit me over the head. And she goes, what happened? Oh, you, can you believe, uh, oh, Zoe. Because okay, Zoe, something to do with Zoe. What? She just came up to me and, and, and oh, just, oh, I can't even repeat it. She goes, you got to be kidding me. No, she, she, she said, oh, wow, that's really, I whispered, okay, that's really bad. Oh, I should go over there and tell her off. Yeah, 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 you should. You can hear you use my phone. Is <laughs> not what I should do. You see, I say that, and you know, you know the, the amazing thing about friends? They can help you with this. What Emily should do as a woman of God, and this is what she would do. She'd go, wow, that's really bad. Maybe Zoe's having a bad day. I'm going from, you know, being mad to sort of going, maybe. No, but, you know, there's no excuse. Yes, but do you really want to get entangled in this now? Mm, I do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, you don't want to reap a harvest on this one. Don't let the devil, you know, take both of you captive now. Already she's going to reap some sort of a harvest. Not Zoe, okay? All right. All right. But do you want that harvest as well? See, this is what should happen. This is what your friends should do. If your friends are saying, let's go over there and burn down their house and shoot their dog, find new friends. Okay? You, you got, you're running with the wrong crowd. Oh, They're sympathetic towards you, but you know... Be careful that they're not helping you get out of God's will. And then you end up paying the price for it somewhere down the line. You come home one day and go, why is my house burned down? What happened? You rape but yourself. <laughs> okay? Just be careful. I have run out of time, haven't I? All right. Uh, I can't stop here. Not with your house burnt down. Uh, <laughs> let, let me see. <laughs> I've okay, let me just read this out. It's true when it comes to prayer, most of us already have great difficulty finding the time to pray for the people we love, let alone those who would spitefully use and persecute us. So why go out of our way? I've told you why, but let me give you something else here. Since it's obvious that they are already occupying much of your thought life, are they not? We might as well pray over it. <laughs> 
I mean, if you're thinking about it, why don't you pray? And have the satisfaction that God is now involved and doing something about it. See, this is why God says, come to me. This is, why he's, this is what prayer is all about. Prayer isn't that religious thing that you go, oh dear God, i got to get up and pray. Can I just say prayer is whatever you are op- occupied with in your, in your little brain and in your life, you take it to God. You, you know, we, we need to learn how to pray. We need to learn how to God, go to God and not just go, well, bless my cat, bless my dog, bless my people. And okay, all the peeps that we know. All right, it isn't like that. It, you need to go to God and say, now, Lord, this is what I've planned for the day today. What is your plan? These are the things that have been concerning me over the last you know, week. Or There's this problem that has arisen. I'm not sure what to do about that. Can I have your wisdom, please? Are you all with me? Uh, is that prayer? That's prayer. <laughs> That's you talking to God. As he starts to talk to you and give you answers, and it will start to bubble up somewhere, you might not get it straight away, but things will start to organize themselves so that you start to find the answers that you're looking for, the provisions that you need start coming your way, all because you took the time to talk to him before you left the house, not after. <laughs> okay? <laughs> No, I won't go there. All right. So, (laughs) I've said here, if you're going to spend time thinking about something, be productive. Amen? Don't waste time on prayers that God can't answer, on attitudes that God can't bless. Amen? Make the decision. This is a willful decision that you need to make. When things are going the wrong way, you say, God, you are greater than all of this. What you did, God, paid for anything and everything that I could ever need in my life. And I need to receive that from you now. I need you to help me let go of certain things in my life. Forgetting those things which are behind Forgetting them. You need to press forward. Amen? I told you this is an effort to what's ahead. The high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We'll pick this up next week. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, for the wisdom, the revelation, the insight that we are receiving. I pray for each and every person here, Father, that may be struggling in this area. I thank you, Lord, that by the time we're finished with this, that they will have clarity of heart and mind. They will know exactly what and how to pray over all the situations in their life. Hallelujah. I thank you for your grace. I thank you, Father, for all that you do for us that we never see. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for loving us in spite of all of our mistakes and always being there for us. It's in that knowledge that we can grow and go from faith to faith, strength to strength, and glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen.